Hello there. Welcome to another episode of Unscripted Exchanges. I'm your co-host, Cole Hazenfield. And I'm Hayden Huber. I think we got to get better on this intro here. Honestly, that kind of sounded a little corny. Like, my voice was like, hello there. We got we to gotta work on it. Hey, we're good. We got an awesome guest here today. Yes, we do. So I think he's going to help carry the episode. I've got, uh, over here, I've got Chris Shepard. And I'm going to go ahead and let him introduce himself however he wants. The Superman, the man, the myth, the legend himself. Chris Shepard, go. Take the mic. <laughs> what did you say for that? <laughs> I have no idea how to introduce myself. So I'll introduce, <laughs> I'll introduce him a little bit for you. Chris is a local legend. He is uh, a real estate connoisseur. He is a, uh, an investment guy. He's been in logistics. He's ex-military. He served our country. I think you've got a... Like a, a English degree. Yep. You know everything about the supply chain, forward, backward, up, down, sideways. Uh, you're you're married. You've got kids. You live on a farm. I mean, am I naming off a few things? Like yeah, kind of a Renaissance guy. And I know Chris just for you listeners, Hayden. I know Chris. I've known him for a long time, um, and he is just a lightning rod of ideas, business opportunities. Um, you know, somebody you want in your corner, and somebody just brings the energy in the room up. So hopefully. I talked you up enough there, Chris, because I'm excited to have you here. Uh, so, so I guess we've introduced Chris. I'm gonna just gonna lead in with a question to make. I'm gonna throw you a softball right here. Okay. okay. So, what are you excited about this weekend and going forward in 2022? Like, what what gets you excited? Is it business? Is it life? Is there something you can point at? So, we're in Cincinnati. The the softball is the Bengals. I knew I knew. <laughs> yeah. real. Let's the hear Bengals. It. Yeah. <laughs> so yesterday we're watching the game and there's a minute left and everybody in Cincinnati has been beat down for decades. And the Titans are marching and they get to about the fifty and everybody just has this feeling in the pit of their stomach, like, Oh, here we go again. Oh the yeah. Bungles. And Ohio State's Eli Apple steps up. The ball goes in the air, and boom! The the Bengals got the ball back. Dude, that was so huge. It was it and it was poetic that it was a Buckeye that made the play, too. Because for years the Bengals had always gone away from drafting Buckeyes or even um, taking free agents that were Buckeyes, and you just didn't see a huge. Ohio State contribution to the Bengals organization. For some reason, nobody right. knows why other than Marvin Lewis. But, hey, who's yeah. calling that hey, out? Sam Hubbard's had a pretty good season, too. Dude, he's, he's had a, a great career as yep. an NFL player. Yep. Like When he was at Ohio State, he was great, but he's just taken it to a whole nother level. Every game, you can feel his presence there. Everybody talks about the Bosa's and Chase Young and everything, and, and Sam Hubbard's kind of put to the back of the – the list there, but he's fantastic. Well, and Hendrickson on the other side. I mean, you've got yeah. you've got two badasses. Like, I mean, locking down the the perimeter for the Cincinnati Bengals. So, yeah, yeah, that uh, was a softball. Wasn't other, it? other than the elephant in the room, the offensive line, <clears throat> the offensive line. Um, other than that, every other position group is just rock solid for years to come, and they're way young. And it's exciting, and you just can't wait to see how the Brown family's going to screw this up. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope not. Let's hope. Let's yeah. hope Burrow and Brigade yeah. are good enough that we're, they're going to make the Brown family look good. Which is, I mean, at the end of the day, you make the. Who cares? We all look good. Right. The Bengals are in the AFC Championship. Let's go! I'm, I'm excited about that. So, yes, that was a softball chef. Yeah, a softball absolutely. Um, the the next question, I guess, was what 
is going on in your life that you're excited about going into 2022? So professionally, I've made the switch from logistics over to real estate, and it, it was seemingly an easy transition. Everybody in real estate right now is kind of um, trying to get their legs under them because the market's just so volatile right now, and it's just insanity. Every single day I see something that would blow people's minds. And um, every single day is something different and something you never thought we would see. So everyday people are feeling that now. And it's just kind of strange. But when I have made the switch from logistics from the trucking industry over to real estate, believe it or not, it's really the same sales cycle and everything about it. So I made the transition easier than what I think somebody off the street right into real estate would have. Well, I'm going to jump in there because I know a little bit of your story. And I want you to elaborate on this. And I want, I want everybody listening. Hayden, I want you to listen to this too. Uh, I think what's really cool is you, you kind of brushed over the jump from logistics yep, to, I did. to real estate. You said, oh, I made it easy. Can you tell me like what was going on? Like when You were at TQL and, and then you, were, you moved from TQL and you went from, I mean, making a lot of money. I mean, you were a top broker at, at, at TQL, which is a big freight broker here in Cincinnati. I mean, one of the biggest mm-hmm. in the country. You went from that. To you're not gonna you're not gonna float your own boat. I will. One of the top real estate agents in the area and in Ohio in like a year. And so I think I, I guess the question would be: Can you elaborate on that transition? What what did you bring? You said it was an e. What did you bring over that you've you've seen success with? So just understanding how real estate works from the moment you meet a client and getting it all the way to the closing table, seeing things from a very macro perspective like that. You get a client, you take them to the closing table. Get a client, take them to the closing table. I understood that part of the sales cycle very well because it parallels exactly everything that I've been doing for the past 10 years. You know, I'm not a total believer that college is obsolete in the sense that there are situations where it is right and, and there are, but I do believe that self-education outside of that is is such a big 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 thing that you really can like you can't ignore it. You it's can't critical. Just, You'll become obsolete in your field yeah, if you, you don't continue you can't to just learn. go to school. Yeah. You've got to be a lifelong learner. Yeah, you can't exactly. just go to college and be like, oh, I got my four year degree. I'm never gonna I'm never gonna learn anything again. Right. right. And that's and that's what I hear you saying. And that's what you know. You're saying. So, it's, yeah. But so let me flip the script on you. Flip it. Flip it. So maybe. you asked, what have I learned from your generation? Mm-hmm that I think you guys do better. What have you learned from ours, from mine, uh, or I mean, from your parents or grandparents? Yeah, yeah. Growing up, uh, my father was always big on uh, financial freedom and just making sure that you're saving for a rainy day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been pretty frugal um, with my money growing up, and I've just learned over time like how to make financial decisions that are smart for me, not only now but in the future. And uh, thankfully, that's kind of you know where I am today. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's a big one, uh, financial literacy. Um, and then just another one which kind of relates on some of the stuff that you've been talking about uh, today here is just what you put in is what you get out. Um, so just having that right attitude um, and mindset. Um, you know, if I am going to go into something thinking, okay, this is going to be kind of easy and half-ass it, I'm going to have half-ass results. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I choose to do in my life, I'm going to go all in. Um, and that's why with this podcast here, you know, you can see that we've got a pretty legit studio. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I don't want some rinky dink piece of shit studio. <laughs> I, I want top notch quality because we want to put out good 
good content. Right. And it's going to be amazing looking back on some of these episodes a year or two years from now and probably cringe a little bit because, wow, these guys were just getting started. So right. at the same time, it's going to be so cool to say, wow, that's where we are and look where we are now. So that's funny you say that because... I, I, I'm a big podcaster myself. I listen to podcasts constantly. And obviously, if you listen to podcasts, you listen to Joe Rogan at oh, some right. point. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you listen to Joe Rogan today. He's 1,500 episodes deep, give or take. Mm-hmm. And some of the pillars of society that he's had on there, I mean, just epic. Mm-hmm. You have Elon Musk. Uh, oh, he's had the big the names. The, the Tulsi big Gabbard, uh, Dan Crenshaw. All walks yeah. of life. It, all walks of life and yep. the very pillars of society. And, and um, so you think about how he got there. Have you ever gone back and listened to his first episode? No, I have, I have not. not. I have. Yeah. I have. And they were absolute dog shit. He was in his living room yeah. and um, he, but he started. Re- but he he started. was really just doing it with his comedian buddies. Mm-hmm. You know, lots of comedians. And still to this day, that's kind of his flavor. You know, once every fifth episode, he'll have comics on and stuff like that. Right. You know, but um, you go back and listen to what that was and see where it's evolved to now i think you're on the right path for sure yeah awesome awesome i'm gonna i'm gonna throw in my answer to what have we learned yeah go for it Uh, i think it's more along the lines and i've learned this from from chris from you from other mentors whether in business uh you know personal professional family and i think there's a very consistent very very consistent theme is that you can't dwell too much on the failures because they're in your past. And that is something that I yep. believe truthfully has been instilled in me that you you hear it from the your generation, the older generation than us. And and you've gotta like you gotta like acknowledge it that it's true. Because to me that's always sinking. I've heard my mom, my dad, my you know, other business professionals like if we don't get especially when I was raising money for my startup, hey, we love your idea, it's great, you're passionate, we're not giving you money. But guess what? Life's going to move on. You'll probably come up with another idea. If this one doesn't work out, and you're going to just forget about that shit. You're going to move on with life. And in the in that space, all you can think about is like, oh, you know, screw you. You're not. You're not. You're not helping right. me you out. Didn't believe in yeah, me? Yeah, that was a good advice. Good advice. Hey, like here, here's a nickel, but I'm not going to give anything else. But but I've learned that you know from interacting with your generation and from listening putting my listening ears on and trying to take a and this comes from and age. that's hard for Cole yeah this <laughs> very this, hard. this comes from this comes from maturity right from age and like telling yourself hey again this is a mantra I live by get something valuable out of every conversation and one thing I yep. try, I've heard consistently when you're talking about things going on is that you gotta leave, leave that behind and like that is just another step on your path to success so I think what I've seen from your generation is that I will say that mental toughness, that willingness to like leave your failures behind. Because mm-hmm. when you talk to people in your generation that have been successful financially, professionally, personally, you know, to be rich is not just to be financially rich. To be rich is right. rich in spirit, rich in family, rich in social atmospheres, rich in rich in well being, mind, body, and spirit. And I've heard that like that theme of we're not going to talk about all the times we failed because we left that. We learned from it. We left it. And we were tough enough to keep pushing forward. So that's something I take from your generation that you don't hear. When you're in your generation, you don't, you're not listening to like – you're not always open to that from other people yep. in your space. But I am open to that. Hearing from people that have gone through that journey, that mental t- – mental toughness, 
You, I've heard you say that a, a, a thousand times. Yeah. I watched you practice and preach it, so I can get behind that. And I can also say, like, that's a very recurring theme. Like, leave that shit in the dust. Move on with life. Keep grinding. Uh, and I think that's just that's that's what I've gotten out of it. And I I don't get that from our our current generation mostly because a you can't get that unless you're following the right like Instagram accounts and stuff like that. You're not going to get that from social media, right? You, you might get that from like certain 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 accounts and certain stuff like that. But um, that's something I could take away. I guess that was yeah. a very long way of saying leave shit in the back, leave, leave stuff in the past. Water off a duck's back. Yep. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, Hayden, I had another qu- follow up question. Unless you had one for him, go go for it. It's all you. So. We kind of got into like you know your mantra on mental toughness, Shep. Like mm-hmm. mental toughness, where you've come, where you've found success. You know, obviously your energy level. You can hear it through the. You know, I I spoke to this to, to plenty of people. And I'm like, hey, if you need to buy a house, if you need to get anything, then just call this dude, right? So I'd like to give you the opportunity to talk about specifically. We've got into like your personal side. Who, who's Chris Shepard? But what's going on? You're you're trying to downplay and be humble about what's going on with your new career, your new chapter in your life, right? And you downplayed the fact that you went from logistics your entire life, and you're like, oh, it was an easy transition. It, you said it was easy, but I know you grinded. I know that you you what you aren't saying is I put hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of, of time getting my license, preparing right. myself, getting so. Where are you at right now with with the real estate? Like, like, can you can you go into like, okay, what are some plans? And you don't have to share too much because I know yeah. you got you got some stuff in the works. I know some big big stuff that you don't want to get too much into. But what has this past year done for you professionally? What are what are some like key things you've had? I'll say them if you don't, but I know you're being humble. But I think there's some <laughs> I think there's some plugs to put in here. Um, a for people that are looking to buy a house, move, sell their house. I would not recommend anybody else in the world. Um, so I want you to go ahead and tout yourself a bit, if you don't mind, or I'll do it for you. You tell me. So, I uh, prior to coming on the air, I basically told Colton Hayden that I didn't really want this to be about my career. Um, but yeah, I'll kind of go there with that a little bit. So. I am being a little bit humble, and the reason is because I found success in real estate moving from logistics because I made the connection to what I was doing before and perpetuated that into the future. And um, But at the same time, I see the level of success that I've reached right now, and I know it's the floor. You know, so... And I know it's the floor because this past year, I've held back a lot because it wasn't important what my number was, how how many sales I did or what the volume was or that wasn't really what was important in my development. What was important in my development was taking the knowledge that I learned and applying it to my new field and perfecting that. The numbers will come. By the, the way, though, listeners, he had some kick-ass numbers. <laughs> I had uh, again, decent again, numbers. Again, he's being humble. Yeah, decent numbers, but the the numbers will come. You know, it, at the end of the day, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Amen to and, that. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not a hundred million dollar agent right now. You know, I'll get there. You know, but in order to get there, 
you have to evolve your business and be able to scale. And I recognized that my own efforts weren't going to be enough to scale to hit the numbers that I truly aspire to. Absolutely. So in order to get there, I had to do a couple deals, lead, closing table, lead, closing table, lead, closing table. And then I had to refine my business or my sales cycle, my process to be able to accomplish lead to closing table X number of times more. Right, right. You know, and you have to be able to extrapolate those numbers out over time by, you know, developing a better lead generation system or mm -hmm. developing a better teamwork around you as far as who your title company is that you're using, as far as um, who your home inspectors are. Um, all of those other resources that I use to get a deal from lead to closing table, all that minutia that's starting to fill itself in, that is an extension of my own business. Absolutely. A and every one of those people or businesses or partners that you use along the way you need to refine them to the point that they're the best fit for you and your business model and that they're on the same path towards success as you are. So I'm getting better with that. As I get better with that, the numbers will come. You know, So I'm not really super concerned with doing 100 deals or 150 deals or 5,000 deals a year. Or... There's not enough hours in the day. No, there's not. And, and you can't lose sleep over wondering if you hit the numbers. Do I have goals? Absolutely. I have you know weekly goals, quarterly goals, yearly goals that I'm constantly working towards. Mm -hmm. And um, But at the end of the day, the process is more important than what the number is. Well, yeah. you don't want to lose sight of what's... Yeah. Like what you you like from my experience with you, you're, you don't want to lose sight of you're, the most important person is the client, right? Right. Is, is the buyer or seller, right? So right. so uh, I really like that that and I don't know if you're finished with your answer, but I love that because you're saying obviously you're topping you up and you're 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 bomb, right? And you're saying this is this is the bottom. This is this right. is I'm just getting started. Like the sky's the limit, and and I I, I understand that humble side of it now because you're yeah. like. I'm being humble, but I'm also saying, like, truthfully, I'm just getting started. You right. might think it's a lot, but to me, like, this is the bottom of the barrel. I'm just getting rolling. Are you looking for ways to streamline or optimize, like, some of the stuff that you could hand off to Constantly. an administrator? Okay. Constantly yeah. looking. Because when you're able to hand those things off different tasks in the process, you're going to be able to scale much faster. So... Right now, I've brought my daughter on. My 20-year-old daughter is, is my transaction coordinator, and now she's handling some of the um, the customer communication mm -hmm. to keep them progressing towards the closing table. Right. And that's taken a lot off of my plate. And, you know, eventually we'll get to the point where my own sphere leads to enough leads that I can't manage how many clients I have. And maybe it's time to bring on a buyer's agent or bring on somebody to help me with the listing agent. Or maybe it's just an administrative help, you know, somebody to go out and put signs in yards or, you know, it, as I grow and as I scale, I'll learn what those pieces are. And you have to build those pieces in, right? Absolutely. Because otherwise you'll fail. I mean, otherwise you'll you, – so you're like you're saying you have to find that balance between the operations, yep. the making sure you've got the uh, framework to support where you want to go. Right. Not only that, but every realtor, the, the basic idea of lead to closing table is the same for us all. Mm -hmm. So what separates one realtor from another? Some of that is just branding. Some of it is personality. Some of it is my flavor of doing business. And – 
as I get better with understanding the process, I'll be able to insert my own branding or my own value in places to be able to be more effective and be my own person from a business sense. Um, so I'm not there yet. You know, it, Cole toots my horn a lot and everything, but but I also know that I've got much much bigger goals in mind and love it. And love it. This we're at step one on the way. You're to, you're a continual learner. Absolutely, love it. Yeah. yeah. Now uh, I, I think uh, we're hitting about the one hour mark. I, I say we do some uh, quick hitters. Let's do the quick hitters. Uh, I love the quick we, hitters. We wrap things up, but would love to have Chris on for another episode because we could talk for hours. So that about, was my goal. That was one of the goals. I, I, I thought, okay, they're starting to have guests. Maybe I'll be the first repeat guest. Hey, oh, there we go. He's yeah, baby. We're all about that. Yes, we'd love to have so you So I back. can't suck today. <laughs> yeah. We'll put you in a review category. <laughs> under under further review. Do you want to leave with the Yeah, the I'll, I'll hit the first one. Uh, Skyline or Gold Star? Depends on what the so I would say skyline generally speaking, but there's gold star cheese fries. I'm not a big fan of chili cheese fries because the chili saturates the the fries, makes them soggy. Yeah, absolutely, you know. But chili cheese fry, gold star. Have you had the gold star hamburgers? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, they are stinking phenomenal. <laughs> and you I wouldn't think so because it's not a hamburger joint. But um, a fellow that we worked with, John Whitaker. Oh yeah, Chad yeah. Whitaker. He. Uh, he used to get them at TQL all the time, and I and he used to rave about these damn Gold Star cheeseburgers. And I was like, whatever. Like, that's kind of like one of White Castle for a fish sandwich, but okay, <laughs> you know. But it's so true. <laughs> but then I tried one, and they're like nine dollars cheeseburgers. They're not cheap, but they are worth every penny. But generally speaking, Skyline. Another place that has really good burgers, and then I know we got another one, but. Waffle House. You ever had a cheeseburger oh, no. at Waffle House? Waffle House no. is just delicious, dude. Was general, I'm not kidding you. Smothered, covered, or I, I just, I know they have a good, just double cheeseburger. We used to have, we'd go back when I was younger. My dad and his best friend, we'd go to all these rate, we go to these stock race, stock car races. We drive like Lexington, like down in Kentucky. We go out to Indiana, right, Indiana. Brown County Speedway. Yeah, we. We go we go out there, but we'd always Jackie always wanted to stop at a gold. I mean, a, a Waffle House. That's all we want to go. So we stop. I remember the first time we did it, and we're just like, he orders a double cheeseburger. I'm look, I'm like, I'm like, my mind's blown. I'm a little kid. I'm like, we're at Waffle House, and you're like, I didn't even know they had cheeseburgers. Like, didn't you want pancakes? So like, for like the first four or five like, races we went to, I would ne- we'd always stop at Waffle House, and I'd never get. So one time I finally decided to try it. I'm not shitting you. One of the best double cheeseburgers you'll ever have, and it's at Waffle House. You got it. So since you guys are looking for sponsors, I'll also give a shout out to White Castle. Have you had their breakfast? The breakfast sliders, no, the bacon, egg, and cheese slider on that little White Castle bun. They're (laughs) they're deliciousness, and it sounds. Well, if we start selling, if we start selling our farts, we're definitely right. <laughs> farts in a jar. Yeah. White Castle slider breakfast. We're we're looking for sponsors. That could be a perfect <laughs> yeah. one. Kill two birds with one stone. Okay. Okay. Uh, buying or selling process of real estate. Which one do you prefer? So it's kind of evolving over time. Initially, the. Um, it was buying mm-hmm. because of the hustle of it. You know, you heard Cole. He had to see like 934 houses before it was <laughs> a lot before we were able to get him locked down on the one, you know, but the hustle of that, that's something I control, you know, so right out of the gate, whether I understood that sales cycle, that process or not, mm-hmm. 
that was the easiest to kind of dip in and say, hey, my hustle controls my success. Yep. Okay. You know, so initially it was buying. As I get a little more seasoned, it's it's gradually becoming more selling. Very I would cool. say it's still 75, 25 buying, selling. Are there higher percentages associated with selling versus buying? Is there- no, but um, from a marketing standpoint, when you put your sign in, in a yard, that's permanent marketing. So everybody yeah. that drives by is going to call that number on the sign. Oh yeah. You know, so um, it, it, just within the industry, if you want to list, if you want to last, you have to list, list the last. Okay. I like you that. Know, so okay. um, do I 100% subscribe to that notion? No. I think that there, it's, it's fun working with buyers. Oh yeah. You know, so especially in the current market where people are getting their teeth kicked in left and right, it's like, yes, little victory. Not only that, but I can't tell you how many people have been looking for a year, two years, and when you finally get them under contract and it's the right house at the right price for the right people, mm-hmm. and it's it's a very personal moment to people. I've probably had ten people just break down in tears on me, and the and and there's nothing more including rewarding us, than, including cool. Cole Hazenfield. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, it's no, a big, it's a big all, moment. All our, our listeners, I am a, I'm an emotional ball sometimes. <laughs> emotional wreck. So it, it's something you may or may not know. I'm sure Cole has not shared with oh, you. Here we go. He bought his house sight unseen. Yeah, I think he has shared that with Only me. Only a off, man. Off so he was basically, we were, you know, 540 houses deep in the 900 house Jeez. process. <laughs> and, and so every time a house came on the market, as soon as it hit his inbox, he's like, hey, chef, we're ready to go. And he's like, but I got a meeting. Can you take Amanda? So when we bought Cole's house, it was Amanda and I and, Ava, we're, yep. and, and Ava. Yeah. And we're kind of FaceTiming Cole, the house and everything Amanda is. And Cole's like, well, what do you think, babe? And she's like, this is the one. And I'm texting Cole. Like this is the one. <laughs> he like pulled the trigger. I'm like, fuck it, do yeah. it. Hey, everything so, works out at the end of the day. You so know? he totally bought the house without seeing it. The first time he saw the house wow. was when we were under contract doing the home inspection. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, yeah. I'm just glad it walked in here and absolutely ate it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we got time for one more call, and then we can uh, wrap things up. Okay, let's do a uh, beach or lake. Beach. It didn't matter what the other one is. So no brainer for Chris over there. None whatsoever. So um, five years from now, I hope to be retired. On a beach. On a beach. Hell yeah. Or in Key West. 51, man. That's aggressive. That's the life, baby. Absolutely. That's the life. Still young, still ready to rock. That's right. We've got to put our foot on the pedal. So I tell you, it's a marathon. It's a marathon for five years. You know, maybe 10. It, it, It would be different if I hated what I do, but... Now that I work for me, I wake up every morning and my eyes open. Well, you might, you might, you might necessarily retire, right? But you'll still, you'll still be doing business and keeping yourself Absolutely. busy. But you don't want to be what you're saying. In five years from now, you want to be able to work when you want now and not yep. and financially be able to like be able to breathe and not stress about that stuff, right? And, and kind of going back to what you were saying, you know, that financial literacy and, and making the right decisions and everything and and being able to remove yourself as the you know, the money making part of that machine. Right. You know, eventually through passive income and stuff like that, if I can still do what what I'm doing and have fun doing it and but the amount of money in my bank account isn't one hundred percent 
dependent on passive, passive income, baby. Passive, passive income. income. That is my favorite word these days, yep. and that's why we're still looking for our first sponsor. You know, these <laughs> episodes will keep running for eternity. That's, now the sponsors can end, drop but, a ton of them yeah. today. Hey, if you're out there listening, we are looking uh, for our first sponsor. Izod would love yep. you on. I love this shirt. Hey, we'll we'll take it. Yeah. Well, hey, we do want to wrap things up. Really appreciate Chris coming on. Thank you so much, Thank Chris. Thank you for having me, fellas. It's been a phenomenal episode. Learned a lot. Um, definitely want to have you back. I think you uh, passed the first test. <laughs> <laughs> on the ratings review, we'll let you know how you did. <laughs> Basically, because I was bagging you on Cole when we were off air. Hayden was like, yes, this is my guy. This is the dude. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed yourself, but uh, I certainly did. Uh, but anyhow, yes, uh, everyone, please uh, tune back in for another fire episode. Uh, leave comments. Uh, reach out to us at unscriptedexchanges at gmail.com. We're constantly learning, evolving things that we talked about all throughout this episode. Uh, we hope you have a wonderful week. And uh, signing off. Peace, Thank you guys. Peace. Thanks, everyone.